Loose ball. Ewing goes up. The basket counts. He gets it over to the doctor. Tie ball game. Here's a shot, Julius. He scores! He scores! Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied! Here is Durant moving on Tucker. He turns, he shoots. Yes! Talking Knicks, Nets, and all things across the association, this is Pick and Pod on WFUV Sports. That's right, this is Pick and Pod on WFUV Sports, and welcome back to Pick and Pod, of course. I am your host, Bridge Gotham. Joined alongside Joe Masters and Riley Lucas, Caleb Stein is our producer behind the glass. Thursday, November 9th, we are recording this, and fellas, the NBA season well underway now. And we're at the point in the year, we've only played a couple weeks, but we kind of got a sense of who's hot, who's not, and how we're going to really look at uh, these teams going forward. So first, how you guys doing? I'm doing great. I mean, whenever I hear Mike Breen yell bang on the intro, I, I just want to go watch basketball, I want to talk basketball, so I'm happy to be in studio. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing I'd rather be doing on a Thursday night than talking with you guys about the NBA, so let's do it. Love to hear it. And so... Per Riley's request, we're going to start with some Nets talk. Yeah. You know, the Nets last week, or last time Riley was on, did not get the love they deserve. Had to end a little early. <laughs> and I think the Nets are certainly worth talking about because they're coming off a big win against the Clippers last night. The final score, 193. Miles Grossman of WFEV was there to cover the game. Legend. And of course, a legend, but I think that goes without saying. You know, this is a new-look Clippers team. They just acquired James Harden. They've, of course, had the duo of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard now for a few years. And, of course, you can't forget about Russell Westbrook. Now, imagine this lineup five years ago. Point stands, though, this is a team that was built to win a championship. And they come here. James Harden makes his debut. Obviously a former net. A lot of implications there. He was booed a lot. A bit of a sloppy game from Harden. But, Riley, you are our Nets beat reporter here. By the Nets winning this game, of course, we're going to talk about the injury to Cam Thomas. That is, mm-hmm. of course, something we have to mention. But just, you know, watching this game, does this win prove that the Nets can kind of compete with the best teams in the league? I mean, just off rip, the fact that this was a win for this Nets team with the loss of Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton, who are two of the biggest stars on this roster, against this Clippers team where you have Paul George, you have Kawhi Leonard, you have James Harden, you have Russell Westbrook, you have even P.J. Tucker, you have all these all-stars. I think that speaks a lot for where the Nets are headed this season, especially the strength that they have within their bench. It's incredible. We're still using the word star with Ben Simmons. I thought we were, I don't know. You I know, we were, I, I, we were past that. I'm not going to lie. A star. I, I'm a star. Right? I yeah. agree, uh, though, put me out with there. you. I, I'm not on the Ben Simmons train, but people look to Ben Simmons to be the star of this team. Yeah, I feel like I remember being on an episode where you where you just completely went off on Ben of course, Simmons for like that's 20 just my, minutes. That's on Rightfully so, so that, I would imagine. But yeah, I mean... That kind of caught me off guard. No, of course. <laughs> I, I just am saying from the perspective of Ben Simmons is looked at as the leader of this team. And then you have Nick Claxton, too, who is a big key asset here. But this Nets roster has been previously almost made fun of because they're just a ton of scrubs you know they're they're <laughs> Ralph our our boy Ralph here he had an amazing quote earlier he said the Nets are full of the all right players like every all right player in wow. the league is on the Nets and that's how people look to this team but to see them have a hundred to 93 win over this Clippers roster that's with arguably some of the best players in the league is crazy and I also think to speak on this Clippers roster I I have no faith in this team 
And I really don't because I think we see so many times these super teams that are built and they fail. And we've seen it within the Nets as well with James Harden being a piece of that. And it just didn't work. And I feel that we're going to see that here with these Clippers. We have a lot of guys with – I think it really comes down to egos and stuff like that. I know that's crazy to get into the personal stuff as – ahead of like, statistics and all of that but I really think you have all these big names on this court sharing the attention and these big egos and I don't think it's going to mesh well and I think we've seen that thus far in the season although it is early I don't have faith in it yeah I mean a lot of ball dominant players I think you're 100% right about the egos thing we've seen far too many super teams kind of blow up and you have to look at Kawhi Leonard you know he left the Raptors to come to the Clippers but when he won his championship it was him and a bunch of dare to say all right players mm-hmm is that might be just the formula to win in this league. Obviously, stacking stars does yourself a favor, but it's funny that, you know, obviously, injuries aside, the Clippers haven't done as well as the Raptors did that one season. And you talk about the Brooklyn Nets, a team of what you like to call all-right players. Guys, you know, your best players are giving you 10 to 15 a night, and then a couple that can give you in the 20s, depending on that night, right? Cam Thomas was having a great start to the season before he got hurt. Ben Simmons, of course, not a scorer, but a guy that can distribute and get rebounds. This team is kind of built like almost like a college basketball team, right? Mm-hmm. Playing complementary basketball, there's not that you don't turn to your LeBron or to your Durant to kind of take over. Everyone has a crucial role in making the game go the way it should go. And I honestly like that formula a lot. I'm not saying it's going to win them a championship, but this team is certainly going to make the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, when you look at the Raptors and then you mention kind of just stacking your team with stars. I mean, if that was that easy in the NBA just to win with stars, the Nets would have probably three rings by now because right. they did have a super team for a period of mm-hmm. a point of time. And I know this Nets team is really interesting to me because you look at it and they essentially just blew up their roster last year and they're still competitive. And they really have no reason to quote-unquote tank as we see in a lot of NBA teams this year because they don't own a, their own first-round pick until 2028. So they have no reason to be bad. So... Mm-hmm. I kind of like what they're doing because they're still a very competitive team. They're young. They're going together. And I feel like I, I, I'm just baffled when I see a team like the Clippers try to make this thing work where they just bring in a star and, like, that's going to do it. Like, it's no. just it's And it never does. Yeah, and like, you would think you would, they would catch on by now. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, Kawhi, PG, Russ, James Harden, like, in 2016, that oh. team would well, be dangerous. even like, Russ specifically, I think we've seen multiple times that he's just not built for a super team. Yeah, I, but I like the role they had him in where he wasn't expected to do too much. Like, yeah. he's definitely been playing a lot better than he was in the Lakers. Yeah, mm-hmm. but this been better. Yeah, this move to, to bring in Harden, just, like, it just screams desperate, mm-hmm. and it screams like they think that this is the way to go in terms of just putting the best players on the court and making it work. But you look at all the recent champions, and it's, and it's been teams that have been together a long time and mm-hmm. not had this kind of ego. We'll get into other teams and other comments about players having ego in the league, but I, I, I just feel like you have to build and grow together as a team, and the Clippers, what they're doing, it seems like they're trying to shortcut that. Maybe because they feel rushed, because who knows how much longer PG and Kawhi are going to be there and That's be right. healthy. That's mm-hmm. true. So I think this, this is the last year of their deal, right? Didn't they sign four-year deals like three years ago? I yeah, and I mean, no more load management for, for the league because I know Adam Silver is cracking down on that, so that might have bad effects for Kawhi because yeah. who, who knows how long he can go for a he season. Can, you know, nonsense mm-hmm. his way through the season. And play, I've already seen players kind of exploit the rule, you know, not being able to rest the— you know, you see you see the injuries like somebody will be out. It'll say like back soreness. I mean, look like, at the look at the Suns. I mean, I, I like yeah, the Suns. That's that's exactly yeah, what I'm referring s- to. Yeah, exactly. Since I'm a Wizards fan, I still get a lot of Bradley Beal narrative tweets yeah. on my on for your you. timeline. Yeah, 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 exactly. And 
the Suns fans are just going crazy because it's not only Bradley Beal. I mean, he just made his debut last night against sure. the Bulls. But it's Devin Booker plays one night, is out for the next four games. It's like, yeah. what's going on here with and the Durant the Suns? too. I mean, Durant's been the only really consistent one, but he can't do it himself. I mean, they've been an average team so far. They got Beal back last night, had to barely beat the Bulls in overtime, and the yeah. Bulls are kind of a mess this year. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, these injury-prone stars who may or may not be egotistical on the court, I don't know if that's really the formula for a championship. Yeah, no. yeah. But I just think that this game in general speaks so much to both teams. Like we just discussed with the Clippers and also – like I mentioned previously, the strength of this Nets bench, it's incredible. You have Lonnie Walker, who had 21 points, 8-16 to 16 from the field in 25 minutes. And this is someone who's just a standard bench player that hasn't got any looks, who I believe has – I believe the Nets probably got the best deal with him. I don't remember what his contract is exactly, but he has such a low-end deal. He's making close to the minimum, I think. Exactly. Yeah. And, and they're getting such great production. Exactly. They're, I mean, they're getting so much out of him. And even De'Ron Sharp, this is a player that last year you wouldn't even want to see on the court because you were too scared he would – with fouls you like you would put him on the court he'd be out in two seconds it wasn't even worth it and then here I believe he played for a decent amount of time yeah he played 19 minutes 11 points 10 rebounds and again this is someone that we would have never even previously seen and he's really holding his end and this bench is what got this team this win because you had the Cam Thomas injury I mean he was out in the third quarter so he still played a decent amount of time yeah. you have the two big players who are not in the game and then you have someone like Spencer Dinwiddie who had a terrible shooting night Mikhail Bridges didn't play his best game it was just these bench guys that came together and pulled through and I think that's you know like you said Bridges might not be a playoff winning team but they're gonna go somewhere oh they're yeah. gonna go somewhere and, and I mean I, I, the Nets kind of remind me of maybe that Kawhi team without Kawhi and Mikhail Bridges yeah. could be that guy that steps up. I don't know if we've seen that exactly yet, but I feel like they have all the pieces in place to, to build towards that. Like they have, a, as we talked about, a very deep bench, and they have, you know, I mean, right, we'll get into Cam Thomas, a rising star, although he's going to be sidelined for a little bit. They have these pieces, and that's why maybe you saw that them, they were kind of involved in that Damian Lillard talk that maybe mm-hmm. they could be like a surprise team because they probably need that superstar to put them over the top. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then again, who knows if Macau Bridges can develop into that? It's kind of a tricky game there where you can wait or you can just go all in. Yeah, I mean, only time will tell. I mean, this almost reminds me a lot of the Nets team pre Kyrie and KD that year before where they, yeah, so you know, made a little bit of noise in the playoffs, had a lot of good complementary pieces. And then for that reason, they were a big free agent destination. Kyrie and KD, everyone said they're going to go to the Knicks. And then they realized, hey, the Nets have a great system of players and we fit in a lot better here. Obviously, it didn't work out. We know that now. But. It almost seems like that you're kind of building to that again. And kind of what Riley was saying, it's amazing that they blew this whole thing up and that they're still playing at a decent level, right? Most teams that blow up super teams, they're winning less than 20 games a year. This mm-hmm. Nets team's going to win over 40 games, probably 45, I would guess. Yeah. Between, that's my guess, for between 40 and 45. And nobody saw it coming, i no. got to say. Even myself. I was trying to, trying to be positive, of course. But yeah. when you look at this roster, you want to honestly laugh out loud a little bit it's like a, a, for a casual NBA fan they'd probably look at this and say who even are these guys right yeah, I mean ca- casuals just don't understand the Brooklyn Nets but like the <laughs> fans like yourself Riley who actually go and cover the team understand that there's a lot of value in all of these guys Nets fans if they are out there you know definitely few and far between but those fans that have been going to the Barclays Center who have been following this team like they're really get you know they're the ones that are going to understand when everyone's surprised hey the nets are this good yes we know this because of we've been following this team we know that they can do what they do yeah. i mean it also helps when you have a guy like cam thomas who goes from under 10 points per game in his career to now averaging 27 what a 3 jump. and 3 i mean that's that's 
pretty I, i'm at a loss for words for that one yeah the yeah. last game i was there for the beat he actually had over 45 points I mean, that's which is just incredible insane. so i am a little nervous about the loss of him these next two weeks what, right how that's going to have an effect on the team but you know you still see these bench players stepping up and rising to the occasion and putting in the work so i'm hoping that they could maybe pull their weight a little more but either way it's still early in the season so minimum of two weeks was the best possible news yeah and again the the season it's long it's a marathon it's not a sprint it's 82 games we've only inspirational quote right yeah there. no it's true <laughs> you know the season's long and look everyone pretty much makes the playoffs anyways so i think the nets will be just fine they're going to be playing a little from behind when they get them back in mid-december but i think or even, not even mid-December, early December, right? Two yeah. weeks. I mean, it's not even that long. Yeah, minimum of two weeks. Though. Right. So, so it could be two to three. No need to rush it. him back, right? Because like I said, it's a long season. Um, the Nets have a lot of work to do. But I kind of want to shift gears, go across town, because the Knicks got a big win last night. They took care of business against the Spurs. Victor Webinyama playing his first game at the Garden. He said it's not as big as he expected, but I crazy. think the lights were just a little bit too bright for him. Yeah. He didn't look so good. Uh, uh, the Knicks, on the other hand, looked great. I mean, Julius Randle, you know, one of the most frustrating players if you're a Knicks fan because one night oh he'll come God. and give you just an amazing, you know, all-pro, all-NBA all performance, and another night he'll shoot 2 of 16 and turn the ball over 10 times. Last night was one of those good nights, right? Did Julius Randle had an awesome game, as did Jalen Brunson. I mean, Brunson put in, I think, 25 points. And the guy I want to talk about the most, though, has to be Mitchell Robinson because what he's doing to protect the paint – uh, Wembenyama couldn't do anything against Mitch last night. Mitch only eight points, but that's all he needs to do when he grabbed twelve boards. And when you look at that starting lineup of Randall, Robinson, Brunson, Barrett, and Grimes, I mean, this is a lineup that can play and they can dare to say contend, but definitely get to the second round again. Go ahead, Riley. Well, I was just gonna harp on the Julius Randall thing. I missed the game, but the first thing I did was check. Oh God, what did Julius Randall do? Because there's been so much hate and talk and slander on how he's been playing, which rightfully so. But I also previously said on the last episode of pick and pod that I think we have to have a little patience with him because he was you know he had the surgery he was injured and then also he wasn't able to really partake in team workouts for a long time and nothing over summer so I'm not saying that's an excuse but I think he just really had to get his feet wet and get his groove you know get back into the flow of things and I'm hoping you know these 23 point games continue on for him but it was pleasant to see that he hmm. did something this one it's about time. yeah I, i've been a big time julius randall hater i'm not even a knicks <laughs> fan but it's it just i don't know whenever i watch him I, i'm frustrated because he just he just makes mistakes so where it's like and he what, doesn't care almost yeah well i mean bad attitude yeah we're at that we're at that we're watching that bucks game and he misses a shot or J, uh, jalen brunson misses a shot in crunch time and it's like a two-point game yeah and julius randall is walking He's, back on yeah. defense and didn't care the ball's right in front of him, and that puts the game out of reach. And it's like, what are you doing? And I always notice with Julius Randle, I know other Knicks fans have pointed this out, but whenever he has a bad game in the post-game press conference, it's always, you know, we didn't get it done tonight, we didn't shoot well, we didn't mm -hmm. defend. It's always kind of we, a we, we thing. We. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you listen to other stars around the league, and it's very, they'll, you know, they'll take accountability. Yeah. And this is the Knicks' main guy. Like, th this at, th at this point right now, he is your franchise guy. I mean, you can debate who's better, him or Jalen Brunson. Right. Mm -hmm. I know we've had debates on this in this station within this station about who's a better player. I don't think there's much of a debate anymore, but well, no. we'll have to call in uh, Chaz McAdams because he's <laughs> on the Julius Randles better than Jalen Brunson oh, train. Which Chaz is not a big fan. It's a rough take, but um, yeah, I mean, if you're gonna be the star, not only do you have to take accountability, but you have to get back on defense. I mean, that's a huge game early in the season on national television, and you're walking back because yeah. Jalen Brunson took a shot you didn't agree with when he had 40 points that game. I mean, yeah. like, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. Um. 
I think problem. too on top of that, the worst is when you see Julius Randle have this terrible game and he you know he has the cocky attitude and stuff and you go on tiktok after the game and you see him and his wife doing fit checks after oh, the game I, I, and you're like uh, <laughs> that would have made me more mad because i'm not on tiktok and i'm not so. even a knicks fan but i'll see that and i'll send it to chris and i'll send it to other knicks fans i know and i'll be like wow this is <laughs> this <laughs> reminds me this reminds me of bradley bill yeah. I, I i would get so frustrated i mean i got blocked by his wife on twitter i don't even know what i said i don't <laughs> even remember awesome. what i said um so, you know, I'm around Knicks fans all the time, and it, I just have flashbacks because it seems like it's just a guy who, okay, I mean, he's, you know, an all-NBA player, capability, um, and, you know, 27 and 23, he can fill up the stat sheet. But, yep. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you look at the first five games, he's, like, shooting tour dates, you know, 5-22, 4 for 10, 4 so for 15. Yeah, and, I mean, it's not I, to know. say he can't have a fun personal life, but to have such a careless and not take accountability you type can of keep attitude. That private too. Yeah, like when and you're. It's only it's in New York. Or if you just he just took it. accountability for his mistakes and you know try to step up, it'd be one thing. But he has the cocky attitude, and then you just see that online, you get mad. But another topic too to discuss is R.J. Barrett because with the theme of these players who we didn't really expect to step up, I think for both teams, R.J. Barrett's that guy. Because mm. if you asked me in the start of this season you know, my opinion on this Knicks team, I would be like, why is RJ Barrett still there? He's just a waste of a roster spot. And now I feel That's like harsh. he's... I don't I do. That. I do feel that way. I never thought that. I felt I was, that way. I've been waiting for him. I mean, he's been making the jump thing. every season. But that's the thing. People have been waiting for him. But even like, he was okay last year, but now this I mean, year, I, I, yeah, I, I, okay. the point I, that I, I assume say, you're about to make is he's kind of he's made that jump. Yeah, but that's my point. That's the surprise yeah. here because you would have never thought RJ Barrett would be having better games than Julius Randle. I mean, I would say he had uh, yeah. been disappointing in the past. I wouldn't know about a waste of a roster spot. Like, waste of a roster spot, I, maybe. I, like, I like Udonis do. Haslam is a waste of a roster spot. Okay, yeah. well, then we're getting really down the, far oh, down the roster. He's a great mentor for the rest of the young guys. <laughs> but either way, would you ever picture that we'd be sitting here talking about R.J. Barrett having better games than Julius Randle, who is the face yes, of the yes, franchise? Yes, yes, absolutely. No. I, I do not. I mean, okay, so the no. face of the franchise. He's younger. He was, uh, what, the number three overall pick. His potential was higher. We know Coming what Randle is. Coming off his last season, no. I mean, you also just listen to me hate on Julius Randle for a while, so I, I you know, I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm very happy that this no, is happening. There's, um, no, there's no way. No, I'm kind of glad we disagree because this is fun, but, like, I, <laughs> I've been waiting for, for R.J. Barrett, and exactly, you know what? Exactly, you've been waiting. But now there's the wait is over. <laughs> Which is good. He has arrived in the first Five he games. has, he has I, and in, I think that's a reoccurring theme between both these teams because I would say the same for the Nets. I mean, Ben Simmons is another story. He, well, I'm still waiting on him, but a lot of Six these guys you've been waiting on, mm. and they're shocking me. And then I see that with this Knicks team as well. I've everyone's been waiting on RJ Barrett, and he just came in hot this season. So yeah, he has well, he has confidence. I'll say like I'm, I'm he I'm, shoots I'm, the corner three well. I'm, I mean that yeah. corner three, I love it. I mean when he squares up, I like because last year he missed that a lot. Like that yeah. shot, you know, you get that open shot. Look, this. I think Brunson's the. You know, we were talking about this earlier. I think Brunson is the best player on this Knicks team. We were talking about that debate between Randall and Brunson. I think Brunson. I mean, this isn't a controversial opinion. I think a lot of people would agree. Like one of the best signings of the last five years. Last year, you know, everyone. Why are you giving Brunson all this money? Turned out to be the best thing for this Knicks team. Another star, right? He was good with the Mavs, but he stepped up with the Knicks. He, he, you know, he's a true point guard, right? Because Barrett was never going to be a true point guard. You know, Brunson can bring the ball up. Randall can play the position he's meant to play, which is more down low. He's more of a power forward, right? He, you can spread the floor with him. Don't get me wrong. Mitch is your true center. Like, this Knicks team, everyone knows their role. Like, this kind of is like a perfect storm for me, and which is why it's so frustrating that they lost to the Heat in the playoffs last year because you get blessed by playing an eight seed in the second round when it was almost certain you'd be playing the Bucks, And to fall apart, I mean, Jalen Brunson was the only one in Game 6 who gave you any sort of chance to win that game. Julius Randle disappearing, R.J. Barrett disappearing. Brunson, of course, couldn't do it all by himself, and in that last possession, he turned it over of that game. 
the reason why I bring that up is because when you look at this Knicks team, they're going to make the playoffs, right? Everybody makes the playoffs in the NBA now. They're probably going to be between a four and a six seed. They're pro- I, I can see them winning the first round matchup, but once you play a team like the 76ers, the Bucks, or the Celtics, right, how are you going to get over that hump, right? What's going to be the difference? And Riley and Joe, I think your point about R.J. Barrett stepping up is great, and I think with that, uh, with the growth of him, I think that could be the difference. I know it sounds crazy, but like he is a young player, R.J. Barrett, and I'm not saying he's going to give you 30 a game, but he can give you a more consistent 20 than he did before. Randall, if he can give you 20 and, you know, he's good, what, 16 rebounds last night. I mean, where did that come from, right? I mean, mm-hmm. th- I'm just saying, like, this team, to me, looks a lot more complete than it did last year. Complete. That's the word I was looking now, for. Now, just out of curiosity, do you think that Julius Randle is going to be consistent from here on out, or do we think it's going to continue to be no, consistently good or he, bad? <laughs> That's a good question. He's Julius Randle. He's not going to be consistent at all. Mm-hmm. But you just have to hope that when the games matter, he shows up. Yeah, I know that. But don't you think that's so silly that this is kind of the leader of this franchise, and you're like, oh, I hope he pulls up through. Yeah, Yeah, I mean that's 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 been the issue. There's nothing else we can do. We're paying him a ton of money. I mean, I mean, yeah. What are we gonna do? Bench him? I mean, like he has to play. We just have to hope he's gonna be good. Nothing we can do about it. I think I think RJ really has the opportunity to take over that because I think the fans want him to be the face of the franchise. I mean, that top pick. I mean, he's grown with the team, as you guys said. Yeah, you know, I feel like just general consensus, he is more well liked than Julius Randle amongst Knicks fans. I mean, I'm more well liked than Julius Randle. <laughs> <laughs> um and he, I think he what has about Jalen Brunson, you don't this will, this is my point here. I think RJ has the opportunity to be the best player on the team because as we've seen so far this season, he's picked up his scoring. He's way more confident. He shouldn't pull up threes. I mean mm-hmm. this was not something we've seen from him in the past couple of years. But also I think his defensive potential is He's already he's already a better defender than Jalen Brunson. Yeah, and that is something that's often overlooked. But he, I mean, I think he's their best two way player, and he can a hundred percent be their best offensive player by the end of the year potentially. And you know, I think the fans want him to be the face of the franchise. I think he has the opportunity because he's playing like it. Um, and I think if he can lead the way and kind of have Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle complement him, I think that could be really interesting. Because I'm, I'm I'm not. I'm curious to where this team, what the ceiling of this team is. I think it's higher than last year. But then again, is it something where we could see them take down the Celtics? I'm not it's certain of say. that. It's the hard. Celtics are hard. very good. But I'm looking well, for RJ so Barrett to take the Well, so are the 76ers, too. We saw right, what they no, just did the Celtics. No, I think just both in general, both the, teams. the Sixers are going to lose in the second round. I mean, they do it every year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's not even worth arguing. <laughs> Man. That's the thing with the NBA. This. Like. You get all these amazing teams every year, but you still have those you're like Clippers. Yeah, they're not going to get past the second round because they're the Clippers. And it's like, we'll use logic. And I'm like, I don't need to. I don't they need always to. lose. It's just a narrative. And the I, Lakers I are going to lose in the narrative. first round. The Clippers are going to lose in the second round. The Celtics are going to lose in the conference finals. And the Sixers are going to lose in the second round. And the finals is probably going to be Nuggets, Bucks. And that's just the way it is. I'm actually big on the Celtics train this year, but that's another discussion. Yeah. Really? Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I do I'm have to say, I like what Porzingis is doing for him. Like. I mean, I despise the Celtics as an organization and their fan base Majum personally. Hater, so. Yeah, um, but I don't think he's a good coach. Me neither. Uh, yeah. I think that's going to be very short-lived, you, but that's another talk. Did you guys see him like pull out the receipts on some reporter from like seven years ago? <laughs> yeah. he's Come a, on, dude, you're or above he that. spazzed just during the 76ers game because of yeah. uh, officiating. But either yeah. way, like I you're think... you're a coach, you know, hold yourself to a higher standard. I, I don't have that much faith in the Celtics team. Which one do you say I've already... Was you were the I, one who said you're rocking with the Celtics? I, I think faith. the Celtics are going to be good Cause, too. Because the, the addition of Christoph really? Porzingis 
But you just yeah, saw what the 76ers clear. did to them. And then even That's the Nets almost just beat them. That's one game in November. The Nets We're going to forget an, it. We're going to forget November even happened. We're a glorified college exactly. team. How are the Heat in November last the year? Net, yeah. no, for the Nets who are a glorified Everybody college team to come playoffs. that close. The is, Heat were... Who, who said the Nets were yeah. a glorified college team? That was me. Oh, that's a little crazy <laughs> of a take. I don't know about that I one. I didn't call them... You said glorified. I said that they play a great style of basketball But either way... So you're kind of that's for, exaggerating for, my words. For them, you guys did it together. It was teamwork. For them, though, mm-hmm. to be even coming close to the Celtics, you know, what I mean, for a team, the Celtics roster should be blowing them out of the water. I mean, yes, but one, then again, it is one game in November. It, yeah, it uh, doesn't matter. I, I don't have that much faith in the Celtics, but I respect that you do. Yeah, <laughs> it's mean, hard to like take one game and just say this is because like teams that win the championship, that you go back and look at the previous season, they all have bad losses to bad teams, like during yeah. like. December, like I'm I just mean, tired. It's of hard to overreact. Teams. The Celtics have been one of the best teams in the NBA so far this year, and their bench has given them virtually nothing. Celtics are great. They're always going to be great. They, I mean, losing Marcus Smart, I didn't agree with making that move, but look, Porzingis seems Porzingis. like he's going to make that seems, move. Seems like he's great. Obviously, came into the Garden in that first game, and uh, not the Boston Garden. Listen, I'm not denying Madison they're great. Killed the Knicks, right? A little bit of a revenge game there. But I just don't think they're going to. I think take Drew Holiday is good too. Like I think I mean, that Drew Holiday is your fourth option. That's what, that's what I'm. Saying, not, like, no, there's no denying they're not an amazing team, but I just don't think they're going to take it all the way. And who do you think? Is it Bucks or Sixers that eclipse them? You know, I could see it being the Sixers. I am a huge Joel Embiid girl. I think it's well overdue that this is his time. And mm, I, don't I don't know. know. Who, I, who, I will say I'm not. Tatum? That's the thing. Like the Sixers are Embiid is arguably the best player, right? In basketball. Mm-hmm. Top three, top two, right? But besides that, right, you have some okay I mean, pieces. You t- lose Tyrese hard. Maxey is really filled in oh, for that. Yeah, Maxey's looks awesome. Yeah. But don't uh, get me wrong, but like, I just talk about I the think matchup. they're going to get their heart in revenge and <laughs> come out on top. I, I, I just, I don't see. Sixers Clippers finals. I don't see the completeness <laughs> of, of that Sixers roster when you look at the, the Celtics. I mean, they've been so good and Peyton yeah. Pritchard has been really bad and Tim Hauser has been really bad and I don't mm-hmm. think that's going to continue the entire season. I mean, as of now, I would I see it being the 76ers. I would hope for it to be the 76ers, but mm-hmm. we've seen previously that they can't right. pull through and something always goes wrong, so I don't want to have my full faith put into them. And then, you know, I think just this year with the league, it's one of the craziest shakeups we've seen in a while just because these previous years have mm-hmm. been almost a little boring I'm not gonna lie no I don't it's just the same teams but so I'm hoping there are some crazy shakeups and you really don't know I have a lot of faith in the Suns as well I think the Suns roster can do something we have so many like new like talk about the Suns the Bucks get Damian Lillard mm-hmm. like there's so like you mentioned that there was like the last few years have been I wouldn't say it, it was as stale as those years of Durant with the Warriors, and he knew it was Warriors Cavs every year. That was horrible. But it was to the point the last couple of years where you kind of knew what you were getting every season. Coming into this year, you knew the Nuggets were going to be good, but you're like, okay, the Bucks were mm, last year, but hey, they got Damian Lillard. The Suns fell short. They traded for Kevin Durant last year, but oh, hey, they have Bradley Beal now. Mm-hmm. The Celtics, they're going to blow it up, right? They're going to they're gonna trade Marcus Smart, the heart and soul of the team. Oh, they got Kristaps Porzingis and Drew Holiday, right? You got Pacers, you know the fourth. Yeah, the Pacers the are making some noise. Like I'm saying again, it's early. I, I know, I, I know, I sound like such a hater saying, "Oh, these games don't matter." But like, it is, it is so hard to overreact when you've played like eight games. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Correct. Like that's 82. Like even the Heat, like the Heat did not play well. They haven't had a great start to this season. They didn't have a great start to last season, and then they made that run. So I mean, mm-hmm. good teams can come out of nowhere. I think one thing I did want to discuss with you guys is this whole new in-season tournament. I was skeptical going in because I didn't really know what the point of it was. We've kind of had a couple of the games. Do you guys think this is good for the league, or is it kind of just like a, a gimmick? I mean, I'm just curious what you guys... I'm not going to lie. I think it's kind of a gimmick, yeah. and I think a lot of people don't really care. 
it's just I don't know. I think it's so like with the the weird looking courts like I like playing on like the Bulls court was all red. Like it's like it's an eyesore to look at. Yeah, it's like I'm like watching like, myself play two K. Like we, yeah, it looks just, like one of my my courts from like two K fifteen. I'm had, like, <laughs> I, I hope it looked better than that. I mean, I mean, I, I put some time and effort into my yeah, my courts. No, like, but I've had casual um, just friends who you know don't really watch basketball that much they've even texted me they're like what does this mean right it doesn't like mean i feel anything. like a lot of people don't there's a small <laughs> I mean, financial incentive i think for I the mean, players but they make so much like it's like they don't really care yeah and that doesn't benefit us like okay yeah. <laughs> cool. I, it doesn't benefit us yeah i think it was worth it solely for that trailer that they released with michael imperioli and <laughs> yeah. sopranos that was that was pretty, yeah, awesome. that was pretty cool so that was that made it worth it for me i i, I just think they need to do a better job of marketing it because i don't know when it's going on i'm like oh like i see like, it's just like the court and they're I'm like, like oh, group play is also regular season games yeah and it's it's like, nobody uh, really like, knows what? what's going on i feel like i, I feel like <laughs> it, it's kind of smart because we're talking about it and it's it's November games. Any publicity is good publicity is kind yeah, of a philosophy. And it, yeah, and, it, and it's mean, also like no one like these are like what we talked about. These games don't really matter, but they're also like games in November, so this kind of gives them a little bit more excitement, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, from that perspective, it's interesting. I, I'm not fully out on it yet. It was kind of like the plan at first. I was like, "What are we doing here?" And then I, I still don't like the plan. I think it's silly because the only reason I'm saying it's silly is because you know that whatever nine and ten teams, they're not going anywhere. So why are they playing games? I think it's to obviously like keep teams from tanking. Uh, yeah, but like but if you, I, I don't. If you won like thirty-five it. games, why are you even playing in a playoff game? Oh yeah, I think that's, they, like they, I think that's so silly. And I know this is such a harsh take, but I'm like, you play eighty-two games. If you finish between one, one and eight, that's where you belong, right? If you're the nine seed after playing a whole season. Why do I need even need to waste an extra game or two watching you inevitably lose? And there's already so much to try and keep up with the league. That's what I and mean. And to just throw it, this in the it's mix. It's just adding more. Like, a lot of the stuff was kind of due to COVID. It's like, oh, we're going to add this just for COVID. And then it's like, oh, we're going to keep it. And yeah. I'm like, I don't think we need to. Like, we know that the Minnesota Timberwolves, if they're the 10 seed, like, or, you know, they're not going to win the championship. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but then people would, obviously, the kind of argument is, oh, the, you know, the eight-seeded Heat made that run last year. And it's like, of course, so, you know, that's, there are examples of that, but I think in general, I think the NBA playoff format was kind of perfect the way it was up until a couple of years ago before the play-in because it's just these extra games and everyone, had, you know, that meme of Patrick Beverly celebrating when they won the play-in because it doesn't really mean anything. At when the he end was of crying, it. yeah, yeah, I it's mean, like come on, man. It's kind of for franchises, you know, like the Bulls and the Hawks, <laughs> where it's like, oh, yeah. you know, we make the play-in, you never know. Just the NBA is just trying to find <laughs> more ways to make money, and yeah. I'm like, I get it, it's a business at the end of the day, but it's kind of for you know, from the fans' perspective, I'm like, I just want good basketball games. Yeah, watching a one versus eight seed, like a seven-game series between that, I don't need to see that. And I feel that the fans' complaints over the years have always just let's keep it simple, let's just keep it the basketball. Yeah, no one wants the. Simple. That's what I mean because we love basketball. That's why we're talking about it. Yeah. Like, we want to see good quality basketball, and it's like it's like they heard us, and they're like, we're gonna do the complete opposite yeah. and just Adam Silver, make everyone on, more money. Yeah. No, I mean, look again, I get it because the more games you put on TV, the more chance you get to market that, and the more you know revenue you're gonna bring in as a league. Yeah. And of course, all the city edition uniforms, like these are all different revenues. Horrible. Yeah, so the, the yeah, uniforms horrible. are horrible. Can we get a designer on those, please. Oh my God. Like, like <sighs> I feel like I sound like such an old man saying this, but it's like <laughs> I felt like for like up until like five years ago, like most of the uniforms are pretty consistent, and I always thought, yeah, these are good. Like no, no, re- no need to really change these. And then mm-hmm. Nike comes along and they do all this stuff, and some of them have been good. Like I love the Miami Vice ones and. You know, there's been some good ones. But I'm not I'm a like, fan of that Miami Heat culture one. Where it's yeah, just but it's like, culture. what the heck is that? Yeah, it, it's all money grab. Like the Memphis Grizzlies thing looks like a barcode. Like, it looks what? Like Braille. 
Like it looks like. And then like the yeah, the yeah, Pacers yeah. one is like. Don't get what, me started like, on the Nets we... one. I feel you. Trust me. I lo- uh, look. The, the I love those like Nets four year old boring uniforms. On a yeah. When they moved <laughs> to Brooklyn, those first couple years, I thought their uniforms were great. Simple black and white. Like maybe you know throw in another one, but like I thought it was all good. And now it's like different fonts, and it's like you got to think about the timing of this. Uh, next year is the next new NBA media deal. Yeah, which is gonna probably mm-hmm. just yeah. wipe out mm-hmm. the landscape of how much the league is worth. They're gonna probably triple it. Yep. So adding all these games and oh no, I get it. Plan it's like, and uh, it's just more money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, I feel like they kind of the league kind of blankets it under attracting a younger audience. Yes. Oh, they love to say that every yeah. league. Like that's why the NFL I do, does. I do say the I do say the NBA has probably done the best job in marketing toward the youth. Like you yeah. go on any sort of social media, like. Any sort of talk about the NBA is kind of like enshrined with sort of that youth culture. Like everyone talks about LeBron and Durant. I'd say even more so than the NFL, even though the NFL destroys the NBA on every metric. If they, you know, the NFL is going to play games on Christmas, you know, they triple the mm-hmm. the, the, yeah. the viewership. Uh, but that's not taking away what the NBA has done. Like they've done a much better job than baseball and hockey, in my opinion. Like, and it's not even close. But ma- making courts red and blue and yellow, it's like I think it's just right. it's just yeah, silly. You know what I mean? But like I think you gotta look what they're doing to us too, because we're getting off the beaten path of the actual sport right now, and we're talking we're about the court. So three old people yeah. ranting about yeah, how it well, used I to mean, be. We're getting off the beaten it's path. It's so early here, in the guys. season. This is all <laughs> I can. This is all I can rant. Back about. in the good old days. <laughs> Back in the good old days. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. I mean, did you ever notice also that I feel like NBA playoff games, like back in the day when it used to be a whiteout in the stand? Like, yes, like the I saw Heat something games, about that on Twitter. Yeah, like, like, what happened? What happened to that? I mean, this is just. We're getting, I don't we're know. getting all the beat <laughs> <laughs> First round should be best of five, too. I think. Oh, we're, we're just we're just throwing out ideas here, but I don't know. I feel like the NBA because it's so great. Like ninety nine percent of it's amazing. Yeah, it's I like mean, just tweak a couple things and like I'm. This is probably I'm the best camper. This know? is probably the best talent-wise the league has ever been. Oh, no mm-hmm. doubt. Like we can all say yes. that. Yes. No doubt. But I feel like at the same time, the league is kind of abusing that a little bit. And, mm-hmm. like, star players, star players, star players, it's kind of getting away from what we all like. We like the team rivalries, you know, yes. like Lakers-Celtics. Like, I feel I like that's kind of anymore. gone away a little bit. Yeah, like, yeah that's anymore. what I was saying earlier. I feel like this is the first year in a while, the first season in a while, where we've had a shakeup, where it's not just these big super teams and we're mm-hmm. talking about players against players and player drama. We're more so just talking about the sport of basketball and all the – competition we have in the east now all the competition we have in the west i feel right. it's spread out a little more evenly and it's a lot more fun this year in my opinion yeah i mean i actually joe your point about team rivalries is actually great because i saw this clip on twitter last night the warriors and rockets play played and there was the caption was something along the lines of you know curry and clay you know they you know they stuck it to the rockets they you know they you know they have this rivalry and i'm like what and I'm like oh right when James Harden was on the team five years ago like you associate that rivalry that Warriors Rockets as CP3 versus the Warriors big three now that whole thing is gone and I'm like Warriors Rockets like I'm not even thinking of that as a rivalry where you mentioned Lakers Celtics obviously that's like Yankees Red Sox it's up there with any other rivalry but I think those team rivalries are kind of what makes the sport great and it's funny like like if Cavs play the Warriors now I'm not even thinking of that as like oh finals rematch like you know, like it doesn't even cross your mind, right? Yeah. Isn't that weird? Or when the Heat play the Spurs, I'm like, oh, you know, what a big rematch from the finals back, you know, ten years. Done. It's done. Be- it's because there's been so much turnover. The player mobility thing, and yeah. again, it's it's cool for the sport, and it's awesome to see guys suit up for different teams, and you know, that player empowerment. You know, you could argue that it's gotten a little extreme with you know requesting a trade like every year, like a guy like James Harden, I think. But I think <laughs> it is good that like you, know, you see a guy like Durant go over to the Suns because if he's just playing on the net, sorry, Riley. 
the way the Nets were going after losing James Harden and Kyrie Irving. Waste his career. I'm not. Yeah, but it's like you know there there are good outcomes of that. So mm-hmm. I I think the team rivalries are cool. Like in football, I feel like you're always going to do Giants, Eagles, you know, Bears, Packers, and all that sort of stuff. Giant no, Cowboys. That's the best for me. Yeah, love well, that one. This weekend, I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> Jesus, uh, that's a topic for another day though. But yeah, I think we're getting a little off topic here. But I think just in general, the league does a lot of things so well. But you know. I'd love to see like the rivalries between those teams go beyond just the players themselves. Just because LeBron left Cleveland, like you know that that, that shouldn't impact, uh, you know the the meaningfulness of a rivalry game. Um, all right, so I guess one more thing I, I think we should talk about. So we talked about Knicks, Nets, even the in season tournament. I know it's early, but early picks for MVP. Oof. Wow. I know it's early, but you're the one who just said you can't make these calls as early. I know, but, but hey, it's um, what gets got to keep the people listening. Yeah, man, this is, this is a TikTok clip, by the way, so get ready. You know? Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> I don't know. I think there's no wrong or right choices. Er, this Unless early you in the Cam season, Cam Thomas, and that's a little outrageous. Well, <laughs> no. Don't. If he didn't get injured, no, I'm just kidding. No. Man, I, I can go with I your can boy go, Embiid. I, I can go first of if cou- you want to. Well, wanna... I would love to go with my boy Embiid, but I think last season, I don't think he was deserving. Right. I think it should have been Jokic. Too, yeah. So I just feel he's been able to win it so many times. I think we're going to get a little shake up here. Like I've said, we've seen a lot of shakeups thus far mm-hmm. in the season. In this, yeah. I, I, I I can't, I can't answer this. Come on, what are you doing to me here? Uh, I can go for it. If you want to, you go. I'll like. I know it's going to be a Celtic, but let's hear it. No, nah, of course. No, they don't really have. A, I mean, <laughs> Jay's Tatum. Uh, I think Jokic is the most dominant player um, in the league. I think that goes without saying. I mean, what he's doing is nuts. He's awesome. Um, but that pick, me thinking about making that pick bores myself because it's you know That's it's how just I feel. it's assumed. Uh, so I'm gonna go Steph Curry. He yeah. has been playing wow. at I was a say that. I can't believe insane it. level. I mean, it's kind of like not a crazy take because he is averaging 30 points. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. He, you know, I, I, I love the move they made trading Jordan Poole. I think it's, you know, it, it's on paper tough mm-hmm. trading away a 23-year-old for a 40-year-old. But that it's team, for the team, it's best for the team. And yep. he is just completely taking the reins. I mean, he always had control, but... He he's involving his teammates more than ever. He's you know scoring like he's twenty five. He still plays solid defense for his size. You know I think depending on how this Warriors team finishes out in the regular season, I think mm-hmm. easily we could see a Steph Curry MVP season. And I think let's be honest, I, if they had to choose who they want to market as MVP, I think they'd rather pick Curry. Steph Curry. Yeah, all day long. I mean this whole Jokic thing with him not caring about basketball is funny. It's still funny. I mean, I don't know. Colin Lochran may not agree. We've had <laughs> that take on here that did not Does go he well. not like that? Is he oh, yeah, no. We I'd, don't love, need to to, open I'd up love to talk to Colin about that. Over the summer, Oh, he you said, didn't see the TikTok? Yeah, I was on an episode of uh, Picking Ballot with him, yeah. and he said, I'm so sick. It was during the finals. He was like, I'm so sick and tired of Went Jokic. Viral. And literally, it was like the most viral clip that WFB Everyone said. was hating on yeah. the comments. Poor Colin. It's hilarious. <laughs> I, uh, I remember Colin. I checked in on him, but I don't agree with so. Yeah. Uh, no, I think Curry is just outrageous right now. I'm going to go with Curry as well. Wow. I, so I saw this thing on Twitter. I know I've said that a million times, but he's, I think, you talk about the 30 points a game, and I think he's on track to be, if he does win MVP, would be the oldest league MVP. And people are like, I think ever, because is he 35 now or he's going to be 35? crazy. I can look uh, that up for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll pull that up right now. It's, cr- it's, it's crazy. 35. He'll be 36 in March, which is so crazy to think because I always thought of Curry as that young, you know, coming up player. But man, like we're getting old. Like 
2016 was a long time ago now. That's going to be eight years ago pretty soon. And you know that was like that was the Warriors 73 and nine season. But Curry's been in the league since like 2010, 2011, right? I mean, 2009 actually was when he was drafted. So. I mean, Man, we're getting old. Age isn't real in sports anymore. And we talk about getting old. We're like sitting here ranting about the courts and the jerseys and how it used like to be. Five now. years ago, you know? Yeah. But no, it was better no, back I, then. But um, yeah, I'm going to go with Curry. But I also, I think realistically, it's going to be between Jokic and Bede. And then I think a dark horse candidate, maybe a Luka Doncic, maybe a Donovan Mitchell, maybe a Shea mm-hmm. Gilgis Alexander. It's too early to tell. Wow, but that, that know, would be. I'm also sort of answering my own question there, right? You know, why are we talking about the MVP if it's so early? But. I think any basketball podcast, you have to talk about the MVP and you got to make a finals prediction. But yeah. we're not going to make a finals prediction yet because no, I it can't is do all that. simply too I, I, early. I, one more sneaky one, really quick. Go ahead. Less than 1% chance of happening. But the Timberwolves are 5 and 2. Uh, and Anthony Edwards is averaging like 28, wow. 7 that's and 6. A, yeah. If that happens, I will bow down to you, Joe yeah, Masters. We, because we, that's we, a crazy. He's a fun what, young talent. Let's clip that. And you know, <laughs> I got to say, I hate to sound like a broken record right now and I feel so boring. And I, I don't even want to give this prediction this early in the season because I think there will be shakeups. But as of now, I'm going to go with Joel Embiid, which I hate because he he's won so many times and you want to see pick, a new though. guy, but it's but a it's, safe it's pick. A very, it, but it, I, all the he's data carrying, backs it up. He's carrying the 76ers. He's been that guy. He's carrying the East right now. Mm-hmm. And without James Harden, not that he was really doing much over there, but I think now it truly is the Embiid show and only the Embiid show yeah, in Philadelphia. Leading the team in points, uh, rebounds. He's up there in assists as well. I think it's got to be him. Or Jokic, which again, I feel boring to say that, but the guy dominates the league. And I, I do agree does. that he has the attitude of how he doesn't care stuff, but I that personally— doesn't impact his play on the court. Exactly. So. It doesn't impact his play on the court, and I think it's refreshing. I think it's the opposite of what a lot of people, you know, have discussed on here. I think a lot of fans in the league, you know, I think it's good for the league. I think a lot of fans love it. I think they think he's funny, refreshing, and just real. And, you know, you see Jokic has a lot of people who love the guy. So I don't think that's a negative in any way, shape, or form. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Joel Embiid or Jokic. The only time will tell will it be Jokic, will it be Embiid. We'll have to sit back and wait. It's a long season. It's still only November. We have all the way until the finals are in June, but that will just about do it for our show today. Uh, the sports director of WFUV, that's Bobby Chafferdini. Caleb Stein is our producer. Uh, for Riley Lucas and Joe Masters, I'm Bridge Gotham saying so long. Enjoy your season of basketball. We'll be covering you all season long. Pick and Pod is a production of WFUV Sports. <laughs>